Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. This morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. We'll be in the 23rd chapter. We'll take a look at verses 33 through 43. So again, this is Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. It says, And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by, watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. On my desk, I have a spiral-bound book that for every Sunday of the church year lists for us, or for me, the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday. Usually you have an Old Testament reading, you have a psalm, a gospel reading, and one of the epistles. It also tells us what current Sunday it is within the liturgical church year. Many of you may know this is actually the last Sunday of the liturgical year. The first Sunday of Advent, which is next Sunday, begins the new liturgical year. This Sunday, the last day of the current year, is celebrated as Christ the King Sunday. And so it is that while we are here at the end of one church year and at the beginning of a new church year, that we get to pause in this space and come together to celebrate the fact that the reign of Christ Jesus extends forever. Yes. And so I don't think it is beyond the pale for us to expect that on this Christ the King Sunday, that our gospel lesson appointed for this day would be one that celebrates Christ's reign and brings to mind themes of triumph and celebration and majesty. And instead, 
we are given Luke offering us an account of Jesus' crucifixion. Instead of triumph, the scene is filled with suffering. Not only physical suffering, but verbal mocking and shameful abuse. Instead of celebration and majesty, the horror of what is happening may make some of us want to close our eyes and walk away. But Luke asks us to come closer. Closer to truly see what the reign of Christ looks like. And why it is very good news for you and I. Luke leads us through the crowds. And past the religious leaders. Past the soldiers. To the criminals hanging on their crosses alongside Jesus. And there Luke allows us to listen in on their conversation. There is a moment of great clarity in the midst of great pain. Jesus is king, and by his gracious rule, he brings salvation to a penitent sinner dying on a cross. Luke begins his story of the crucifixion at a distance. First, we stand among the people following Jesus watching as criminals are crucified with him at the place called the skull. Now, in the original Hebrew, it's actually translated as Golgotha. And in Latin, it's translated as Calvary. So that's why we have Calvary and Golgotha and the skull, same place. Well, then we hear the religious leaders scoffing at Jesus. He saved others, let him save himself, if he is Christ of God. So now we begin to see what really is at stake here on that hill. The claims of Jesus to be the Christ are being tested. But then we're taken even closer. And we see the soldiers mocking Jesus. They draw near to him and lift up a spike with a sponge of cheap wine and put it to his lips. Isn't it kind of interesting the two bookends we see here? At the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry... He gave the best wine at the wedding at Cana. And now, at the end, he's given the cheap stuff. And the soldiers are there mocking Jesus, yet all the while the truth is literally right there in front of their faces. Because we are told on the side above Jesus are the words, the king of the Jews. But finally, Luke takes us even closer. He lifts us up to be with Jesus and the two criminals who are crucified with him. And here we see the challenge to his status played out in an even more personal way. One man rejects Jesus. He repeats the challenge of the religious leaders, if you are a savior, get us down from this cross. The other man, however, trusts in Jesus. And asks him, remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. And it is here, friends, right here, at the crucifixion, that Jesus reveals the heart of his Father and the very essence of his kingdom. Because Jesus is not coming down from that cross. He will die there. Why? Because he did not come to save himself. He came to save those in the crowd that day. He came to save the religious leaders scoffing at him that day. 
He came to save the mocking soldiers there that day. He came to save the two sinners hung on either side of him that day. And he came to save me. And he came to save you. He came to die under the punishment of all sin that he might open up the kingdom of heaven to all believers. And so Jesus turns to this penitent thief, turns to this repentant sinner and reveals the way that this king rules in his kingdom. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Because you see, death itself cannot rob Jesus of his kingdom. In fact, Jesus robs death of its power by dying and rises from the dead to rule over all things. And so yes, today is the end of the church year. But what I find so beautiful is that as the church year ends, we are not given a vision of Jesus on his throne ruling over all creation. Instead, we are given a scene of Jesus ruling from the cross. And the fact that his grace comes in the midst of suffering and pain. His grace comes in the midst of suffering and pain. Say that with me. His grace comes in the midst of suffering and pain. For me, this is important. Because until that day that Jesus does return and restores all creation, this is most often how and where we're going to see Jesus. In glimpses of grace in the midst of pain. We see it in the lives we live and the battles we face. Everybody in here and everybody watching online has, is, or will experience some pain in their lives. But we see God's grace when we are able to bring our brokenness to him, trusting in him and his promises. I saw it yesterday. There was a special called annual conference in Fayetteville, where I and around another 1,100 people gathered to certify the decisions of 200-some-odd United Methodist churches who decided that due to conscience, they could no longer be United Methodists. They felt like they could better serve Christ in this world either with another denomination or as an independent church. And believe me when I tell you that there was pain. And believe me when I tell you that there was hurt. A couple of times the bishop reminded us that after the vote tallies were read, there should be no clapping or any other expressions of emotion. But I'll be honest, I don't think that he needed to. Because nobody in that place felt like celebrating anything. Because there was pain. And there was brokenness. And I can't speak for everybody that was there, but I know that my heart was heavy. And I knew I needed to bring that heaviness to God. But in that space and in that moment, I wasn't exactly sure how I was to do that. And then the grace of Christ Jesus poured in. Like good Methodists do, we stood and sang, It is well with my soul. 
And we got to the stanza that says, Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. And when we sang that verse, I felt this heaviness leave me. And it must have left through my eyeballs because they started to get a little watered up. And Chip was with me. I didn't want Chip to see me crying there in the middle of the service. So I did one of those things where you kind of pretend to cough and, <coughs> and turn like that. And I don't know if he noticed or not. But when we were coming back, he remarked how that hymn hit him also. That was a glimpse of grace in the midst of pain. So friends, it, in the, it is in those times. Those times we find ourselves in the midst of pain. It is helpful for us to come a little closer to Jesus. To block out the loud fighting voices and speak honestly to Jesus of our brokenness. And we may tremble as we bring him the broken fragments of our lives. But friends, to me and to you, to this church, to our world, Jesus has a promise. He says, I will never forsake you nor forget you. I have offered my life for you. Even though it is hard to see, I am graciously ruling over all things. And so though he may be rejected by our world at times, and though he may be hidden in fights among his followers, Jesus Christ reigns as king over a kingdom that will never fade and will never pass away. And so as this church year closes and gets ready to birth a new one, we may only have a brief glimpse of the end of all things. And that glimpse might be brief and it might be painful, but God's grace is enough to sustain us. Because Jesus is here bringing God's grace to you even when you are weary and suffering. Which brings us to Simeon. One of the Advent uh, Lectio readings that we'll have in this sanctuary on Wednesdays is from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. And when we get to that reading, what we see is about a week or so after Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple for his purification ceremony. And we're told of Simeon, who was a devout and righteous man, who was told by the Holy Spirit that he will not die until he sees the Christ. And he takes Jesus in his arms. And he looks at Jesus. And he speaks about the peace that he now felt. Having seen the salvation of God in that baby. And what I found interesting was. In my study Bible on this passage are these words. It says in Simeon's words we see the universal scope of the gospel. <coughs> Yet this gospel which corporally unites all people together, also divides all people at the level of the heart. Because Jesus is God himself in the flesh, to face the gospel of Jesus is to face God. And to face God is to have our thoughts and hearts opened and revealed. 
This will result in a fall for any who are proud or opposed to Jesus. But for those like Simeon who see Jesus and respond to him with hope, there is great news. <coughs> this story invites us to see Jesus rightly and receive him at the level of the heart as Savior and Lord, holding back nothing. Isn't that really the difference in those two thieves hanging beside Jesus? The condition of their hearts? One fell because of pride and opposition to Jesus. The other was saved because he responded to Jesus in hope. Both men in pain. Both men suffered. Both men in need of a Savior. But only one was rescued. Why? Because he held back nothing and responded to Jesus in hope. He held back nothing and responded to Jesus in hope. <coughs> so my friend, what are you holding back? Where do you need to find that glimpse of grace in the midst of pain? The king is calling you to approach his throne and bring it all to him. The one who wept over unbelieving Jerusalem. The one who stopped under a tree to call to Zacchaeus. The one who heard this thief's request. The one who came down from heaven to turn the heart of the persecutor Saul. The one who healed the sick and made the lame walk and calls the blind to see, friends, this is our king. And you are worthy of his kingdom, and he calls to you to repent, to believe the good news, to come to Jesus. Because, my friends, only there will you find comfort, peace, and strength in that grace that comes in the midst of pain. So I wonder, friends, if we might sing a little together at this time. <coughs> I surprised Tommy this morning. I said, hey, man, toward the end of the sermon, I want to sing a little something. Take out your hymnals and turn to page 377, if you would. You don't have to stand up. We can do it sitting down. <coughs> page 377. Let's sing the first two verses of It Is Well With My Soul together.
friends, thanks be to our King Jesus, who hears us crying in pain and brings us the grace and the healing that we need. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.